Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. On today's episode, y'all, I am thrilled to introduce to you a woman of God I admire and love. She's a bad mama jamma, y'all. She's a powerhouse in how she delivers the word of the Lord. She has a rich history with God that is absolutely beautiful. She's a single mom of one feisty teenager. She has served the Lord all of her life. She's a pastor, an author, an entrepreneur. She travels around the country talking about Jesus. And one fun fact about my sweet guest is that she was on a reality TV show with Bishop Jakes. Now, without further ado, I am excited to introduce to you someone that's special in my life, and that is Miss Pastor Christy Lee Miranda. Welcome, Miss Miss Miranda. Hey, Tiffany. It's so good <laughs> to be here, girl. Just call me Christy. We're friends. <laughs> And so I'm so honored to be here. And what a fun introduction. You are the sweetest. And um, so thank you for the honor of being invited to your incredible podcast that has reached over a thousand downloads. Girl, go ahead. uh, God is just so good. He's so, so good. So I want, Pastor Chrissy, I, I want you to feel free to share any fun things that you want to share and maybe what it's like to to live in the in the life and the shoes of of Christy Lee Miranda and then i would just love for you to go right on into your testimony and and just share whatever the lord's placed on your heart and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to it i got my coffee ready i got my notebook ready and uh, i know that those listening are going to be ministered to and i know that i will be ministered to and so i'm just you can take it away Well, my name is Christy, and I am originally from Kansas, a tiny little town in the the Midwest. It's called Liberal Kansas, but we're not very liberal in Liberal Kansas. And um, I grew up in church, and um, so I've been a church girl my whole life. I jokingly say that I cut my teeth on church pews. Um, Some fun things you said to start a little, a few fun things about me. I am a single mom of um, one daughter and she just turned 13 in December. So all of the prayers from the saints are appreciated as I walk (laughs) teenage years, saints and friends. Um, This is part of my testimony, but it's also a fun fact. So I just bought a historic hundred year old home in my town. And so that has been a fun new adventure that the Lord has allowed me to be on. And um, really, really cool story with that, that maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but how, how God just pays attention and cares about the specific things that are important to you. And um, I just, it, it's just such a beautiful story. So that's, a, but that's a fun fact. I live in a, a hundred year old home. 
a little bit over a hundred years old, actually. So, um, I also coach women. I'm a big cheerleader for women. I've been in ministry full time, my whole entire adult life, my whole adult life. I've worked on, um, church staff and as, um, as a pastor, an associate pastor, that type of thing. And, um, one thing that is for sure is that the, the, um, the calling on my life from God has me in a vocation because working at church is, a, is my vocation. Um, it is definitely what would be called a boys club. So you are a big personality with a call of God on your life and you think thoughts and engage in your giftings. Uh, sometimes people are uncomfortable with that when the place that you uh, not not my home church, not where I'm serving. I'm talking about in the in the church in general. Being a woman can kind of be um, a, an interesting situation, but I am called to it. I'm anointed for it, and I love encouraging other women and challenging other women and just being something for other women that I wish that I would have had um, from a woman. I had great mentors great teachers, uh, great people around me. But as far as like the voice of a powerful woman who is, who will preach the gospel unapologetically, I didn't really have that voice. So one of the things that I believe that I'm called to is to kind of provide that and be that for certain people, um, in my circle of life. So, um, is that what you wanted me to talk about today? Yes, that's awesome. Just any, any, I, I just wanted the audience to get a feel for who is about to share their testimony. And so I think it's great. Yes. And I am a part of, of Christie's inner circle and, and I've just been ministered to, and I can agree with that. Pa Pastor Christie. like, um, I wish in my younger years, I would have had a woman that, that just was recklessly pursuing the Lord all in and, and just couldn't be quiet about it and wanted, you, you know, wanted to see me pursuing Jesus in the same, in the same way. And so I appreciate that about you and that, and you've stepped into the fullness of that. And I, I can testify of the women eating the fruit thereof. And, and mm. also it's just encouraged me to also be like that, to, to not apologize for God creating me to be loud and passionate and, and full of zeal for his word and seeing his people delivered. And, and I think it's important. So I, I appreciate that. You know, I love what you just said as far as, um, that unapologetically just being unapologetic and, uh, you, you know, your personality is so wonderful and you're so passionately in love with Jesus. And there is you, you, Tiffany, you have more of the word, like memorized and hidden in your heart than almost probably almost any pastor I've ever been around. Like you're phenomenal. It's almost a gifting that you have the way that you retain the word and it's beautiful and I love it. Um, and, but I also really love the woman who, um, is at home, um, and doing what she's doing and she doesn't have quite maybe the same, um, exuberant personality. I'm pretty out there. You're pretty out there. We're kind of big people, you know? Yes. But even if someone is listening to this and they are a quieter spirit, they are, um, their personality is different. You, you are not disqualified from being unapologetically in love with Jesus. You can do it and it can come through you in the most authentic way to how God built you. And I don't, be lost on anyone. I have a friend named Barbara Russell. She is um, my therapist. 
Yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I've loved Jesus my whole life. Yes, I have anointing oil and I take communion and I read my Bible and all those things. And I also have a counselor because Jesus was the wonderful counselor. And that led me to know that counseling can be wonderful when it's from the right place. So be released in that. But her name is Barbara. And when Barbara goes to speak at a conference, Barbara will oftentimes sit on a, on a stool and she'll have her legs crossed and she's just calm. And authentically, out of the nature that God gave her, she's unapologetic in her gift. She is powerful. And the anointing of God is heavy on her words. And she's sitting with her legs crossed on a stool. So don't get, don't think that you're disqualified or that your gifting is less important or less needed if you aren't like, well, I'm not explosive like Pastor Christie and I'm not, you know, with the word like like Tiffany, God has a unique calling for his women and he is doing such powerful things in the lives of women right now that I encourage you, regardless of what season you're in, to really begin to lean in. God, what is it in me that you want to put your spirit on and, and um, use for your kingdom and for your glory and for your majesty unapologetically? Amen. 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 So, um, you know, my testimony is crazy because, because my life is a little bit crazy. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been saved forever. Like I, I grew up in church. I cut my teeth on church pews, like I said, but just because I've walked with the Lord, um, as long as I can remember, it doesn't mean that I have not been privy to heartache, to disappointment, to abandonment to bad decisions on my side of life, to, to being uh, subject to other people's bad decisions. One thing I've learned walking with Jesus is that um, a life with Christ is not without pain, but it is not alone. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, he's there. When you're in heartache and turmoil, he's with you. Psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, you are still there with me. So sometimes people want to be like, well, where is God in this? Where is God in this? He's with you. And I can say that, I don't know about you, Tiffany, but for me, some of the strongest lessons of my life, some of the most powerful times with the Lord have happened as a result of pain. Yes. As a result of tragedy or trauma. Not that I was, not that God ordains trauma, but honey, he will use it. That's he right use it for his glory. And, um, and so, um, you know, I, I, w I felt called to ministry really young and I went to uh, Bible college. First, I went to Earl Roberts University for a year and it's just such a cool, it's so cool how the Lord does that. I went to ORU for a year and I'm a little white girl from Kansas and I felt led to audition for an all black choir called Souls of Fire. And I really wanted to do it. I was super scared, not because I wasn't a black woman, but because I, I didn't know if my gift was good enough to get in the room, you know? And, um, so my, my, uh, the roommate in, she was on my, on my wing at ORU. Her name was Dion. She was from, um, Chicago and Dion came in one day. She's a, uh, just a presence. She just had such a presence about her and she's an African-American woman. And she came in and she said, get your coat. I said, what are we doing? She said, you're trying out. And sometimes you need those people in your life. There was no, please get your coat. There was no, Hey, I really think you should. There was no, you know, I think you'd be like, there was another, she came in my room and she said, get your coat. You're trying out. And guess what I did? I got my coat and I tried out. 
<laughs> and I stood in front of this whole choir and I had to sing a solo as like an 18 year old girl from Kansas, you know? And, um, as the Lord would have it, I, uh, I was selected to be in souls of fire. And so for that, and there, there's a reason I'm telling you this, but there's a, for that whole year, I, um, I, performed with them. I sang with them in different ministry events. Um, I traveled the whole country with a small group, the whole entire country that summer. I traveled in a 15 passenger van and we sang in every church you can imagine from Oklahoma to the East coast and back across to the West coast. And we were recruiting for school. But what I did not realize was that little 19 year old girl fast forward many, many years was now going to be on staff at the Potter's house. And the exposure that I got in the culture um, at the time with ORU was was laying some foundation that would allow me to step into a role of leader in the Potter's House Church culture. And so one reason I feel prompted to say that is sometimes you're like, I don't, well, is this part of my calling? Is it sometimes you can't see what's coming? Mm -hmm. You just say yes. You just get your coat. Get your coat. Go into the room, do something scary, audition, try out, right? That's what it was for me. And it was just, yes. And I kept saying yes. And what I didn't realize was all of this music and all of this culture that I was exposed to and all of these relationships that I was learning to build outside of what was normal from a girl from a little tiny town in Kansas would serve me the rest of my life. It was actually attached to the call of God that is still on my life. And, um, I'm not sure why I would feel really prompted to tell that part of the story. I don't re- normally do because it seems like so long ago, but it's really important. Exposure is really important. Mm-hmm. Being exposed to things bigger and grander and fuller or just different than where you come from. It helps shift your mind to, to the possibilities. Yes. And, and what could I do if I laid my hand to it? And who could I reach if I got outside of my comfort zone? Yes. I think, too, it, we, we're able to encounter God in a different way because mm-hmm. there's so many facets of God. And I believe that we'll spend eternity learning all the different attributes of God. I don't think that we would ever be able to comprehend the, the bigness of God. But in, in that, I, I kept hearing the scripture, Isaiah 22, how he opens doors that no man can shut. When we just say yes, we grab our coat and we go and do it. We, again, it's, wow, God is limitless. Wow, maybe I can do this. Maybe I am called to this. And the, and the appointments along the way, relationships that are built that God can use later. There's so many things about it, but I think that it, it allows us to see God in a whole new light of like, he is the God of opportunity. He is the God that can put favor on my life that when I step into a room, I can be the first white woman to join this team and sing and I can travel and I can do these things. And so it's just really neat because we can experience God in a whole new way. Yes. And I'm so glad that you see that because, you know, I was just a kid. I was a kid right out of high school, you know, and uh, from a little tiny farming community. And what I didn't know Sometimes we want to see the whole vision all the way down the road, but normally God leads us in steps. It's not the faults of the Lord. It's not the giant leaps of the Lord. It's the steps of the righteous, right? That are the Lord. And so saying yes to whatever that one thing may be today, you have no idea the dividends that it will pay off in your life later because, because of that, yes, it led me into a whole different world that I'd ever even known 
you know, from, from where I was. So that, that is a part of my story. Um, and so from there, I, uh, you know, I, I have done ministry. I've worked on staff at churches. It's pretty much what I've done my whole life. I've lived in seven States. Um, and it's, it's been really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of being exposed to different things because, you know, Tiffany, I'm reminded of the scripture where it says our father who was in heaven, right? Mm. We, we rushed past that really quickly. But as a, as a preacher, I've learned from Bishop Jakes to slow down and look at things much slower. And each word carries weight. And even when it said our father, now he's my father, Tiffany, and he's your father, but he's also our father, which tells me I need a bigger worldview. I need a bigger understanding of the other people that are the children of God. He's our father. And so I can't hate you because he's not just my father. He's your father. Mm. And exposure helps you get a bigger view of the beauty that God has in his, in his creation and his children and his, the people that he loves and that he's called. Yes. So, um, so anyway, I, none of this at all is what I had thought we were going to talk about, but praise <laughs> I must need to hear it because it's important. Um, all of those things have led up to who I am and built who I am, you know? And, um, so anyway, I got married. Um, I was working as a youth pastor in a church and I, uh, met and fell in love with and married a, a, a gentleman who was, um, volunteering at the church as well. He's a, you know, love Jesus and all those kinds of things. We got married and, um, we lived in Colorado, started working for a mega church there in Colorado. And, um, to make a long story that's really long, short, um, he made some different decisions in our marriage that, um, uh, caused us to not be married anymore. And, um, but we had a little girl and she's phenomenal. I tell people, listen, I, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the place, but there's some nuggets that I want to drop because there's people listening and this is really important. So a lot of times people look at a marriage that that ends and thinks it's a mistake or thinks that, you know, the other person is the devil or thinks whatever they think, because there was abuse, there was trauma, there was abandonment, there was neglect, maybe there was an affair, whatever it may have been. And so we discard that as a mistake, but I will never, ever look at the marriage that I had with Julia's dad as a mistake because the best thing I've ever done in my life, besides choosing to serve Jesus, I did with him yeah. in having Yes. Without him, there is no her. So one of the greatest things I ever did was choose to marry him because we had her as a result. And she is ordained from God. Amen. She, she is ordained from God. So regardless of your relationship with a, a, a former spouse or a baby daddy or whatever the case may be, you owe, uh, you owe honor at a level, even if it's from a distance, because you did something together and brought life into this earth that God has ordained. Mm. And so, um, and that's really important. It's really important. It was, it's hard to get there sometimes, but it's important. Anyway, I married him two times because I believe in marriage. I believe in family. I believe in the covenant. And so, you know, we, he had a couple of affairs, um, while we were working at a church. So all of this happened while I'm on a big platform at a mega church. And we, we get divorced. And, um, then a couple of years later, I was just believing God for reconciliation and we got married again. And I moved, Julie and I moved 
across the country to reconcile our marriage. And within just a very short time, um, the same pattern of behavior resurfaced. And um, then he made a decision to leave. And he made that decision to leave um, on a Friday when my daughter was at school and I was at work. And I came home and he was gone and he has not returned in this almost three years ago. Hmm. But let me tell you who never leaves. Amen. He hmm. never, God never leaves. He never leaves. When I was on the floor with my face on the ground, he was there. When I was thinking, how am I going to feed my daughter? He was there. When I thought, God, I've served you all the days of my life. I've, I've anointed every doorpost of this home and he still left. I prayed in tongues. I prayed in English. I've had circles of women praying. I went to Israel and put this man's name in the wailing wall and he still left. Hmm. He still left. But God is still faithful. I, I believe that the story of my life, the thread that connects every single area and every single time period of my life is the faithfulness of God. Amen. I can trace his faithfulness in every season, in every situation. He is faithful. Yes. He is faithful when you're not faithful. He's faithful when you're not able. He is faithful. He is a faithful God. I remember sitting, Tiffany, I remember sitting in, um, at the Department of um, Health and Human Services, Texas Department of Health and Human Services. And I was sitting there because I had to um, apply for assistance. And I remember looking at my shoes and looking at the linoleum floor and the bad lighting. And I remember my eyes, I traced my eyes up and there was a great big Texas star on the wall and I'm filling out this paperwork. And I remember thinking, how in the world did I get here? Mm. And the next thought I had was, Oh, I'm going to preach about this one day, one of these days. I'm going to preach about this one day. <laughs> Amen. Because that's just, it, it, it's who I am. God's faithful. I didn't know how it was, he was going to show up this time, but I knew he was going to. And um, so we were on food stamps. Um, we were on, Julia was on Medicaid for a season. And, um, and in that season, some crazy things happened and I ended up starting a business. Now, I say I started a business like I knew what I was doing. Girl, I had no idea what I was doing. I was sitting in front of somebody and they were like, this is a business. You need to do social media as a business. And so she's asking me, this, this person is asking me, so what are your packages? And I'm literally going in my head like, okay, the car payment is this much. It, that's what's happening in my head. The car payment is this much. So I'm telling her, well, this is what the package is if you want me to do this. So I'm thinking, okay, check. I've covered the car payment, right? Like that's literally what's happening in my head. <laughs> It was wild. It was so wild. And there was an opportunity that I had to pack up um, everything that we had left and um, go and live with my parents in Kansas and live in their basement. And there's no shame in that if that's been somebody's decision. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. But I knew that that was not what I wanted to do. I knew that's not what God had called me to. I knew this was an opportunity for me to flex faith. And I knew that my daughter needed to see it. Mm. So, um, by the grace of God, we, I started a business and, um, and then, you know, I was offered a job um, at my church at one city church that I adore. And over time we have gone from, Oh my God, Tiffany, this is hard for me to even say without and like contain it. 
in a matter of 18 months, God, thank you, Jesus. In a matter of 18 months, okay, there were two incomes, mine and my former spouse's. There were two incomes. And in one day, both of those incomes went away because we were working for a church and churches sometimes don't know how to handle um, situations. And both of us were just because he had, um, you know, had an affair. So both of us were just, you know, swept under the rug and swept right out the door. So we went from two incomes to zero in one day. Mm. And less than 18 months, right around 18 months after he left, God had replaced my full-time income. He had added to my house the same amount that was from his full-time income and added onto it. The year, 18 months after he left, was the most earned, I, I earned more money in my household than I ever have in, the enti- in my entire life. Glory to God forever and ever and ever and ever, ever because he's faithful. Because he's faithful. Yeah. You know, as you're saying this, I have to stop you. You know, you were saying 18 months to the day and I heard Holy Spirit say Deuteronomy 818. He, get, he gave you the power to make wealth. Yes. It wasn't that it just a money bag showed up on your doorstep. No. Not that that's a bad thing or checks in the mail because I have experienced that. But literally, Father God gave you an opportunity to say, I'm going to walk on water. You bid me come. I'm going to trust you that you're going to help me through this. And he literally gave you the power to make wealth. And, and the other thing is God is a, re- he's a redeemer. He can yes. take what was lost and yes. give it back. Malachi three, one of my favorite things. And I stand on all the time. God, we are faithful givers. And Christy, I know you're a faithful yes. giver. Oh. And the Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. So if you're listening and you find yourself in a financial upset right now and you're like god i'm faithful man i give you have malachi 3 this is the only time in the bible from genesis to revelation that it says test me in this i encourage you to go before the lord and test him if you're a faithful giver god will rebuke the devourer on your behalf and those your vats will begin to overflow and absolutely. I completely come, agree with what you're saying, because I remember thinking like I remember thinking, um, you know, nobody blows up. Like when I say that, nobody, nobody cares. When I say that, I mean, like the landlord doesn't care. They still need to get paid. The electric company doesn't care. They still need to get paid. The, you know, the grocery store doesn't care. If you want to take food out of there, you have to pay for it. Like all of those things, nobody cares. But the word of God does say that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And so I had to ask myself, am I going to keep tithing? Am I going to tithe? And the answer was always a resounding 100% yes, because guess what? The landlord was not going to stand between me and hell and rebuke the devourer for my sake. And the, 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 the Kroger was not going to stand between me and the devourer and rebuke the devourer for my sake. But when I was faithful to the tithe, I could hold God to his word that you will rebuke the devourer for my sake. So Tiffany, everything, I cut everything out. I cut out getting my nails done. I cut out getting my hair done. I cut out any kind of memberships that I have. I, that's the thing we don't want to do. We say, well, I can't afford to tithe and I'm not going to bring my tithe into the storehouse, but I'm still going to have maintained this look that is false, by the way. I'm going to maintain this look that makes me feel good about how I look, but we're not going to, but we're going to forsake bringing the tithe into the storehouse. When God said, bring your tithe into the storehouse, test me in this. Will I not open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room to receive it? That's what the word of God says. And that's what I had to anchor to. Yes. Everything yes. was subject to go. If the, if the rent had to go, then the rent had to go. 
Now, thank God God provided, and that wasn't a situation for me. But I'm telling you right now, this you, the girl you're talking to right now, I am a tither and a giver. And I didn't start in trauma. I started giving because that was a principle. Yes. Giving from an emotion, it's a principle. It's a principle from heaven. And even while we were talking a minute ago, I was reminded about whenever, um, when, when I started the business, which I had no, okay, let me tell you something. Social media is not the love of my life. Social media is not the call of God on my life. Social media is not my favorite thing ever in the whole entire world. Social media was low hanging fruit. It was something within my reach. It was something that I could reach out and grab and God would use to produce fruit in my life. And what I realized when I was talking to you is just like way back when I was an 18, 19 year old girl in my dorm room at Oral Roberts University thinking, oh, I really want to try out. I really want to be in that choir and feeling even in my heart like that's where I was supposed to be. It was somebody walking in and saying, get your coat. Yes. And me grabbing my coat and walking out and stepping into a super scary thing. It was scary for me, not because people were African-American, but because I'd never been um, auditioning on that level. I was a freshman in a four-year university, walking into a, a, a gospel choir that I'd never sang gospel, but I wanted, I felt called to audition. It's the same kind of thing with this. I, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm gonna start a business. I'm an entrepreneur, this is in me. It was, I don't wanna be homeless. Get, yeah. your, get your coat, get up, walk into the room, sit down, figure out what, what your package is going to be or whatever it might be and glorify God through everything. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. And then you know what else happened, Tiffany? What well, was so wild because I've worked in church forever as I started realizing that in the marketplace, I was having more and different opportunities to minister to people than I did. Completely differently. So it wasn't that I was forsaking the priesthood or the anointing or the call of God in my life. God was expanding it. Expanding. Yeah. At the heart of the king. Every every kingdom has a king. And our kingdom has a king. And that is Jesus. And at the heart of the king is expansion of his kingdom. That's why when they went to war, it wasn't because kings wanted to kill people and all that. No, they wanted more territory. That is at the heart of our father to expand his kingdom. And so it's, it's in us. It's, I believe it's wired in us to expand, to enlarge our, our territory, to, to push the kingdom of heaven further and further to advance it. I totally agree with you. And, and there was this thing that I had to go through in my own thinking of like, well, everybody knows me as Pastor Christie. Is it going to be weird for them to see me step out and do business or step out and do, you know, yeah, business to, to say that I'm doing this. Or even when I started Preach Girl and that kind of thing, like I had to work through that in my own head, in my own psyche. But one thing I have realized most of the time when we stop because of fear it is a, this is going to sound really harsh, but I know you, I know it's, it's just true. It's selfish. Yes. Most of the time it's selfish because we are afraid that we are going to look stupid or we are afraid that people will see us fail or we are afraid that we are going to somehow mess things up and we are afraid. And it all reflects back on how we feel about our own self. Instead of saying, this is, I feel, I think I think this is what God wants me to do. So I'm going to release it and I'm going to release this gift. And if, if it doesn't work the way I think it's going to work, I have learned a lesson of how to do it better the next time. Yeah. Because when I hold my gift, it's selfish. When I release my gift, it's kingdom. 
Amen. And God can multiply what you give to him. I also heard the Holy Spirit say Ephesians 2.10, like he created us to do good works. And so if we feel like he's calling us to something, nine chances out of 10, he is because he's created us to do that good work. And like you said, it doesn't mean we're going to get it right on the first mark, but Uh you know, God is a God of process and he is more concerned about progress than perfection. He, he is invested in the journey, not just the destination. Yes. And it's just, it's just so powerful. I, I've, I shared with this with uh, Christy the other day, but Luke five and just how Peter, because of his obedience, his boat sank with blessing and all of the fishermen's boats around him began to sink with blessing, like the power of obedience and just saying, I think God is calling me to this. I'm going to say yes. yes. And again, just letting God, I know with me writing books and start even starting this podcast and God just kind of putting me on places to speak. There's been such a fear of man and what is man going to think? And I'm like, you know what, God, you keep putting me in these positions because I want this off of me. I do not want the approval of man. I do not want to fear man. I want to be able to just continue to do what God has asked me to do. Even if I look absolutely crazy doing it, because I understand the power of obedience to my father. There's everything you just said. My, my whole life is wrapped up like that. It's I remember one year I woke up and I, this is a couple of years ago when all this stuff was going on. And I thought this year I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes to everything. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should say yes to everything. I just knew that that one year I was I felt God was calling me to that. Right. To say yes, even when it was scary or yes, even when I thought it was small and insignificant mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Yes. The yeses and the yeses and the yeses. And and you do have to protect your time and you do have to protect your energy. You do have to protect those different things. I just knew that uh, that was a season that I needed to just say yes. And I just kept saying yes. And I just kept saying yes. And God did insane things. Uh, Tiffany, we were in such bad situation financially because of, of uh, you know, him leaving and just abandoning us, truly. Um we were in such a bad spot and that I didn't even know when, when my business started to be productive and when I started working at one city and when uh, preach girl started turning a profit and when I was being invited to go out and speak and those kinds of things, when money started coming in, I was so disorganized. I, I didn't have any business acumen. I didn't know what in the heck I was doing. And um, that at the end of the year, when it was tax time, I, I thought, you know what? I need to, um, I wonder how much I gave this year because all I knew was if a dollar came in, 10 cents was going out. Okay. To, to, it was yes. being at least. So I uh, sent a text message or sent an email to the um, business department. And I asked if I could get a copy of my uh, giving record. They were going to send it anyway, but I just wanted a copy of it. And so they sent it to me. And when I saw it, I can just remember right now when it came in and I saw how much, we had given that year. When I say we, I mean me and my, she was 10 at the time, me and Julia. When I, when I saw how much I had given, I slapped my hands over my mouth and got up from my office and ran into the sanctuary because I didn't know how the staff would handle me being so, I was in shock. I was in shock. I ran into the sanctuary. I got down on my knees. I put my forehead on one of the chairs and I just began to say, thank you. And just cry and cry and cry and cry. And like, only God could have done this. 
but he only could have done it in this. Now God can do whatever he wants to do, but in my situation, in this particular situation, he was able to do that through my life because I had said yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I said yes. And because I, oh, I could just listen. I didn't even mean for this to be like a giving story, but it, I can't get away from that because that's just such a part of it. Yeah. You know, too, as again, as you're talking, Holy Spirit, more scriptures, like listening to your story and and just the journey you've been on Romans 8, 28, God, that we know this God works all things together for good. He he is, he is currently doing that. in you and Julia's situation and Philippians one, six, God began a good work in you before the foundation of time. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he's continuing to be faithful to complete that in you and in Julia and the Lord, I heard the Lord say this, God has brought you from a pit to a palace and mm-hmm. we have to be faithful in the place of the pit. We yes. have to be faithful oh. in that place. Yes. But believing that he is taking us to the palace. So we, we can't get, you didn't get trapped in the mindset that this is how it's always going to be. You stepped into the role of a victim. I, I can't give, I get, you know, being biting the fruit, the temptation of fear. No, you said, okay, I'm going to be faithful in the pit, but I know my God that he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and that I'm going to be faithful in giving and the palace is my destination. And that's where God's bringing me. And see, the thing that I, I think people forget is that we serve a God of suddenlies yes. and he can suddenly shift something, but also yes. just being faithful. We have to be found faithful in whatever season. If it's in the valley, we need to be found faithful. It's if, it, if it's on a mountaintop, we've got to be found faithful. But understanding that this is not what we're this is temporary because in God's kingdom, it's expansion, it's increasing. And that I'm going to be found faithful here, but I know God is going to bring me somewhere greater because God is outside of, he's limitless. And yes. just having that, our Lord. And, and so I felt like that's what the Lord said. You were faithful in the pit and now he's bringing you to the palace and you're, you've been faithful in the palace. And there's still, I believe it's, God will bring you even beyond that. Yes. Um, and so. Anyways, I just wanted to share that. I felt the Lord say, you know, there's people listening that are like, well, I'm in the pit. Maybe they're, maybe you're listening and you're like, oh, I can relate. I I am, I have governmental assistance and, you know, my parents had it and my grandparents had it. Well, we serve a God of the generations and the blood of Jesus can break that. And you can be the first in your, in your bloodline and your generation to break that cycle of poverty, break that and to step out. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, be found faithful where you are and, and, and then believing that God is taking you somewhere else, that, that where you're at right now is not where you're going to stay forever. If you choose to believe in God and just walk this out with him. Yes. I, you know, I want to, I want to also say, because you, you, you brought up a good point and I always, I preach about this often, you know, the word of God says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, again, I want you to slow down and look at the words. It says, even though I walk through, walk through tells me it is a transitional place. Walk through is telling me that it is not a place that I'm supposed to build a house It's not a brick and mortar. Uh, The valley of the shadow of death is a transitional place. I'm supposed to walk through it. So if, if, if you're listening and you're finding yourself 
where, where you feel like I've been in this valley forever. I've been in this situation forever, regardless if it's with your health, with your marriage, with your finance, with depression, with anxiety. The, the valley of the shadow of death is a transitional place. And I want you to take a, a look around today and say, have I, have I laid bricks here? Is this brick and mortar? Have I planted trees and decorated the walls here? Because the valley of the shadow of death is supposed to be a place that maybe you pitch a tent, but not build a house. You don't live there. We're believing God for you to come out of the valley of the shadow of death. You must, it's a transitional place. We move forward. You walk with me through it. You don't leave me here, but God never intended you to build your home there. The second thing I want to tell those that are listening about the valley of the shadow of death is also that it's a valley, which means it's low and the, and it's easy to fall down. How about that? It's down is there's no resistance to down. There's only resistance to up. And so if you're in a valley and you know that God is calling you up, then there is some resistance that you may feel. But know that that is normal because when you're climbing, there may be some skinned knees. There may be some skinned elbows. You may, you know, uh, feel weary, but up has resistance and you're, you're going towards something that God has called you to. So I want you to know building a house in the valley is not your portion. You can break that generational curse. You can break that situation. I, I no longer am I on food stamps. It was a season. It was a pass-through period. It was transitional. It was an aid that God provided for a short time in a bad season. But even though it was re- there was resistance and even though there was some uh, just friction up, up and out was what God had called me to. Yes. Yes, I love Psalm 23. I remember the Lord giving me the, a revelation similar to that, Pastor Christie. And, and the fact that it says walk, it, it doesn't even say run. We're not to run through it. We're not to skip. We're not to jog. Literally, and the picture I get of walking is literally there are times in the valley where it's step by step. So that looks like minute by minute, I'm going to grab my thoughts and I'm going to hold them captive to Jesus. I'm going to just sit and ball and Jesus, you got to take this pain. And sometimes it's hour by hour and yes. then it's day by day. And then the next thing you know, it's like, okay, this is the, I feel it. It's transitioning. It's getting better, but there it's powerful that Jesus particularly used the word walk. Like, yes, we've got to walk through it. I, yeah. I love Psalm 23 in that. Yes. We're just called to walk. So this is your call. If you're listening, get up and walk. Yes. And Jesus, Jesus can handle it. Jesus can handle the frustration and the anger and and the, the brokenness and he can do so much with it. Mm. So much, so much, you know, Bishop says, Bishop Jake says that um, now he's talking to preachers, but it's true across the board that most of the time we don't want anybody to know the hard places, the hard things, but you don't hit your power until you've, until you've hit your pain. When you hit pain, you, when you hit that pain point and you start to minister from that place, that's where your power comes in because anybody, not not everybody, not everybody can relate to winning. Not everybody can relate to a victory just yet in their life, but all of us can relate to, to, to pain. Mm-hmm. It's an equalizer. It equalizes the playing field. So when you're ministering or if you're talking to people and all you're sharing is the highlight reel, I can't relate to you. I cannot relate to you. I can praise God, praise the Lord, praise God for that. But if I don't know, if I don't know your been through, I don't understand your breakthrough. 
Yes. 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 You know, and I, I just hearing again, your story of, you know, in that time, God provided assistance and it and praise the Lord in that time you had it. I can remember the same was true for us. We were living in Montana. We found ourselves in a similar situation with needing governmental assistance. I can remember one time my husband, we, we could only afford health insurance on one of us. And we chose as newlyweds me because we wanted to have babies and it just made sense. Like, and then what my husband never at 30 something years old had never been to the hospital in his life, literally has appendicitis. His appendix goes into emergency (laughs) surgery. $30,000 later, his lung collapsed. He tests positive for strep and ambulance rides. And here I am walking around the hospital thinking, what in the world? God, could you have not told me that we should have got it on insurance on him and not me? And you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, you know me as Jehovah Rapha. And I was, it was settled in my spirit. My husband was walking out of there because John 10, 10, enemy came to kill, stone, destroy, but my God has come to give my husband life and life more abundantly. Yes. So I knew that Travis was going to walk out of there fine, but the Lord said, you don't know me as Jehovah Jireh. And the Uh Lord spoke to me, he said, one year from today, I heard the Lord say, mark my words, you will be completely out of this debt. And that is where I learned. And, and he was the breadwinner. We had no savings. Mm. We, we had, he, he was our source of income. We had decided I wasn't going to work. I was going to be a stay at home mom. We were okay with that sacrifice. And here we are two months out of work, not a penny coming in, but yeah. And this is where God sent Ravens. We experienced supernatural things, checks in the mail, people yes. giving us money, yes. groceries showing up, but we also had to we had to get governmental assistance. And yes. so, but now seeing how God has turned it around, we were faithful in that and, and sewing and, and just how God has brought us out of that. And Come on. that's just the God we serve. And, and, and I'm thankful for those times because like you said, I feel like when we go through hard things and yes. we, we are in a place where we, we can be vulnerable. We can be real and raw and transparent and share these things man, the spirit of God can just really move because like you said, people can relate. Oh, well, I just thought like she always preached around the world and her life is just great. And she has a lot of money because she owns three businesses. Well, no, actually, let me tell you what I've been through. And, um, and, and so that's why for those listening, I shared about Christy having a, a rich history with the Lord is because she does. And that's what makes um, listening to her and, and, you know, just having friendship with you that much more beautiful because it's real and it's authentic. You, you know, I love this. You said something earlier and I wrote it down. You said, Julia needed to see it. I want to stop here right now and and share anybody listening that has kids. It's very important. You grasp what, what Christy said. She said, Julia needed to see it. It is so important that our kids see a real raw relationship with Jesus. This is something I try to be very intentional about when, when, whether it's things were working out in our marriage or things were working out in our finance or, or ministry or career. I need my kids to see that walking with Jesus is messy, period. It's messy. Yes, yes. yes. And I need my kids to know that, that we're going to walk through this and it's going to be painful, but my God, is he faithful? But then I want to allow the opportunity for my kids to see God come through. And so listening right now, 
I encourage you to let your kids see the messiness. Like, yes, let them see the transparency of having a real and raw relationship with Jesus. Because see, what changed my life, I grew up going to church. I, I gave my life to Christ at six, but I walked away in my high school years. Why? Because I hadn't seen the power of God. I had heard all the things, but I hadn't seen the demonstration of the power of God. And I, after coming back to the Lord and seeing that, wow, God does still heal. Wow. God yes. does still provide. Wow. God does still reconcile and yes. restore and yes. redeem my God. Yes. I want my kids to have encounters with the living God now so that when they're ready, when they, when they're faced with a situation where they think, Oh, I want to walk away. No, my God, I know he's powerful. I know he can help me through this and that they would make the right decision because they've had real encounters with God. And I feel like Christy, that is what you're doing with Julia. And, and you said it, Julia needed to see it. And, and yes, it's, it's, I'm sure Julia experienced an, her own level of pain, but she okay. also experienced her own level of breakthrough and seeing, wow, look what God did for us. Wow, look at my mom. Like she's never turned her back on God, even when it was hard. And so I think that uh, just another, in the middle of pain, something so beautiful that can happen. It's, you're 100% right. It's like, I can't. You know, here's the truth, and I'm not going to go deep into this. Uh, you can take it how, you know, if you want to, Tiffany, because it's your podcast. But we we are good parents because we protect our kids. We provide for our kids. But it, it's become very apparent to me that bubble wrapping my child and keeping her away from anything hurtful does not serve her well in the long run. Absolutely. The Bible says, um, he that endures to the end. The same shall be saved. There's an endurance that comes through friction and opposition. You have to learn how to endure. I don't, even when you're in the gym and you're building muscles, when you're lifting heavy weight, it causes your muscles to tear so that then they can repair. And then when they repair, they are stronger than what they were. So if my daughter never faces any kind, if I try to it, I, I want to be careful because obviously I'm not throwing Julie out in the middle of the street and I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? It's not, yes. I don't mean it like that. I do not mean it like that. I, I am, uh, the God has entrusted me to be her caregiver and her mother and to bring protection and provision and all those different things in her life as her mother. But as she grows, she has got to learn how to develop her faith, her dependency, her trust, and her own relationship on Jesus, even when things are hard. Even when the, she hits a wall, she's, there was a lot of pain yeah. and unbelievable. There's a pain for me as a woman in my marriage, but there's an abandonment and a pain for her as a little girl Yes, that I can't fix and I can't throw anointing oil on it. And it's just going to go away. It's a part of her journey with Jesus. And it's part of how God even ministers to her. There was a time because she's a little older. She came to me and she said, and I can't tell her whole story because it's her story. But she did say to me, I've got beef with God right now. That's what she told me. And now you're talking to Christy Christian. Okay. Like, like, oh my gosh, is it okay to have beef with God? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, but David had his moments where he was like, where are you? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what I think is hysterical. I think it's funny that, you know, men want to say that women are emotional when you read the psalmist and he's like, you are great and greatly to be praised. And two chapters later, my soul is in the dirt and you are not 
And two chapters later, the, the mountains declare your glory. And two chapters later, uh, are you asleep? Did you leave me? I'm encamped around by my enemies. That's hilarious to me, right? But that's real life. And I thought, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you know, David had beef with me sometimes. And I, so she told me, I've got beef with the Lord. And I said, that's okay. He doesn't have beef with you and he can work it out. And so I just began to talk to the Lord on her behalf, not for her, but in, as a mother saying, God, could you reveal to her the way you love her in the way that she can understand it and receive it? Not just the way I think it needs to look. Mm. Yes. Because I can't feel the abandonment that she's feeling from the, from the space of a girl, from a little girl. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. What? happening in her is her testimony, not mine. Yep. What's happening in her is her story, not mine. And God, I, I'm going to ask you as her mom on her behalf, would you please show up for her in a way that she can understand clearly that this is you and that you're here. Yes. And the way God has shown up for my daughter, the way he's revealed himself to her, the way he's poured love out on her in their alone time that I have nothing to do with is nothing short than miraculous. And, and I'm so grateful, but he's, he's really shown me that I can't bubble wrap her and keep her from all the things she's, she's developing her own relationship with Jesus and she's getting her own testimonies as she's going along. Yes. It's so important. I, I think it is absolutely important. Yes. To just steward, steward our children and, and exposing them, you know, to just a relationship with Jesus. And this is what it looks like. And I don't have it all figured out. There's times that I tell my kids, I'm like, I don't have the answer, but we know who does. So we need yes. to pray right now for Jesus to show us where your blankets at for Jesus. Yeah. Show us where this is or, you know, for this. And it's so cool because he shows up. Why? Because he wants to show himself faithful to my children. Yes. It's just beautiful. It is. And so when you had said that earlier, I had wrote that down as, you know, something that I think we don't talk about a lot. It's not talked about a lot, but it's very important that kids just be exposed to, hey, life with Jesus isn't always peachy. But that doesn't mean we forsake him like he's going to come through. And yeah, it's just he's always good. He's He's always good. Absolutely. Always good. Yes. Well, Pastor Christy, is there anything else that is on your heart to share? I would like to um, just spend a few minutes in prayer as we wrap up this episode. But I wanted to just make sure there's nothing else on your heart that the Lord would have you to share. If there is, I want you to share it. I do want to say one last thing to the, to, if, to the people that are listening. And of course, primarily I'm thinking about women, but I know it could be anybody. I want to encourage somebody who thinks that they've gone too far. They've done too much. They're too young. They're too old. They're too whatever. I want to, you to be encouraged that if you're not dead, God is not done with your life. That if you're not, if you are still breathing and walking around on this people planet, that you have a purpose and a call and, and, um, an importance to the kingdom of God. And there is something for you to lay your hand to and do for the kingdom of God. That will be, that is important. You are here for a purpose on purpose 
with purpose, regardless of what anybody else may have said, regardless of what the lie of the enemy may have been in your in your mind, regardless of what a, a friend or a spouse or a family member may have said, if you are alive and walking on this earth today, you have purpose under heaven and God has a plan for your life that is greater than anything you can ever imagine. Amen. With that, Pastor, I would love if you would just open up in prayer I, we've covered a lot of different things today. And so, you know, as the, as the Lord leads, just whatever's on your heart to pray. And then I will close this out. All right. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now, God, and we just thank you for this time that we've had together. God, I pray that it would bless those that listened. I pray, Father God, that that would come back to their memory about the faithfulness of God in a dark season, in a dark moment when they feel like giving up. I pray that they would remember that you are faithful, faithful through the ages, faithful from one generation to the next faithful to your word to perform it, that you are faithful. When men fail, when we fail, when systems fail, when church fails, when, when trusted people fail, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are, we, and we can anchor our life to you, Lord Jesus. And I speak a word of encouragement over those now. God, I pray for those that are in, um, that have businesses in them. I pray that those would begin to come forth. Those that believe that they are called to, uh, to ministry or to a different space than maybe what they're in now. God, I pray that they, that the courage to shift would come. Somebody needs to grab their coat get your coat and let's go. Let's go. And I speak that over them now. Somebody waiting for permission. Permission is granted to you to step out into what God has called you to do in the name of Jesus. And I, I pray, I pray that breakthrough would come, that the release of the kingdom of God would begin to be manifest in your life and that you would step in to the fullness for which God has called you to in Jesus holy name. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Yes, Father. And I just want to take a minute. If you've been listening to me and Pastor Christy and, and you haven't made the decision to give your life to this Jesus we're talking about, you haven't been reconciled to the heart of the Father. The Bible says that um, God sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's simple. God sent his one and only son to, to in the form of flesh to live a sinless, perfect life. And then his body was broken down and beaten. The Bible says beyond recognition, his body was tore up in your place that he, he carried your sins on the cross and he was crucified. He, he died. He was buried three days. He rose again and he's coming back. And if you're listening, you've been listening to this episode. Today is the day of your salvation. Yes. The Bible says those who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. It is by faith through grace. It's simple as Jesus. I want you to come and rule and reign in my heart. I have messed up. Come and clean me up. The Bible says that, you know, when you call in the name of the Lord and, and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that literally the angels in heaven are yes. rejoicing right now. So, Father, I thank you for those that are crying out and they're saying, Jesus, I want to know you like Christy knows you. I want you to come and rule and reign in my life like you've done in Tiffany's. God, I thank you that you're taking up your rightful place in their heart now. And God, I pray for those that are finding themselves in the valley today, God, that they would get up 
and walk. God, that they would take it one step at a time and that they would grab your hand and that you would be close to them as your word says and you would begin to bind up their wounds, Father God, and that you would give them a glimpse of where you're bringing them to. I pray for those that are in the pit today, God, and that you're transitioning them to a place and in the palace. God, that they would be found faithful in the pit. God, believing you to bring them to that place of position in the palace, that they'd be faithful with their finances, that they faithful with their marriages, that they'd be faithful with their businesses, that they'd be faithful with the things that you have called them to steward. And God, I thank you. And I declare over every man, woman, and child listening to my voice, Romans 8, 28, that you will work all things together for good, for your glory, God, that you may get the glory. And I pray for those listening, God, that, that, have a story and they need to open their mouth and share it. They need to testify of your faithfulness. They need to testify of your goodness, of the healing, of the miraculous that you've performed in their life, that there would be a spirit of boldness come on them, that when opportunity presents themselves, they open their mouth and they share. They begin to testify of the goodness of God. So Lord, I thank you for this time. I also release Ephesians 2.10. Some of you are, are waiting to do something that God has called you to do. And he's saying to you, I've created you for this good work. And Pastor Christie said it. He said, she said, this is your permission to go after it. God says, I've already equipped you for this good work. Go and do it. So Father, we just speak blessing over those, God, that need to say yes, that they will say yes today. They will yes. say yes. And that they're because of their obedience, their boat would begin to sink with blessing. And everyone around God, everyone in their life, in their circle of influence would begin to be blessed by their obedience. And they'd have eyes to see, wow, because I said yes to God, even when I was scared, look at the faithfulness of God. Look how he's yes. blessed us and blessed them and them. So God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for Pastor Christie's willingness to come on and to share and to be raw and real and to encourage. Lord, I bless her in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this time and this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Pastor Christie, thank you so much for giving me your time. Uh, It was a privilege and an honor. I I love doing life with you. I love um, getting to eat of the fruit that you're producing in your life and, um, I just thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, it was my pleasure and an honor to be on. Um, I'm so proud of all that you're doing, Tiffany. You're such a great example of just saying yes and going forward and figuring stuff out. I, Julia always tells me I'm the queen of figure it out. And I think <laughs> you have that same anointing, right? Like, like you, if, if somebody tries to put an obstacle in front of me, I'm going to figure out how to go through it, under it, over it, or around it. If I feel that's what God's called me to do. So Amen. I love that. you. I love the spirit of God that's in you. And I'm just proud of what you're doing for women and for people in general. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that will conclude our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Remember, you do what's possible and let God do the impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.